You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. Okay, good morning. Uh, when I told my daughters and my son that I was coming today, my youngest daughter said, uh, Dad, are you going to go to church to cry in front of everybody again? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't intend to cry, but, like, it is what it is. Um, it's like, I felt like the Lord said the other day when I was crying, it's like, you know, you're, and I may have mentioned this, but your soft heart is my ministry through you. And so I think sometimes, especially as men, if we got a soft heart and maybe we cry a lot at movies, certain movies, like, be proud of that soft heart. Yeah. So you're going to have one here and then with Bandman later. We're, two, we're almost 13 feet of men that you're going to see today. And uh, I think we both cried uh, before uh, this morning. Anyhow. Um, listen, uh, just real sh- brief history. Uh, you know, it's kind of a dangerous giving an extrovert a mic and telling him to talk. So if my wife was here, she's an administrator. She's like, she could have time here, but if I talk too long, just uh, let me know. But uh, I basically um, had a season where I was in a church before, and uh, I had a ton of zeal, but maybe not a lot of wisdom, elevating the leadership a little too quick, maybe. But uh, ended up getting a little hurt from that. Everything's cool. We, we've made up, and we're going to all hang out in heaven with Jesus. But I think what happened is, is that uh, there was a seven-year period where I didn't go to church at all. And I was kind of, I still love Jesus, but I got into just being like, you know what? All right, enough is enough. I'm going to just throw the baby out with the bathwater and just hang out in the grace couch for seven years. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until Dallas Rudd, anybody know Dallas here? He said to me, uh, we're having a men's group, men's retreat. Why don't you come on out? I said, okay. So that began a process where I showed up to, to this uh, retreat in Imadine, and it's actually, uh, I already known Bruce for a while from back in the day, but uh, that was sort of, Caleb, the first time that we connected. I, m- I remember just breaking down at one part and uh, sharing my heart, and you guys all like, I cried in front of you guys, and you, Caleb, gave me a hug. It was the first time we really connected, and you're like, oh, man, you gave me a hug. You're like, man, I, I so appreciate that, brother, and from that moment on, it sort of softened my heart. The hardness started getting softer and softer. I'm now fast forward where I've been here for so long. A lot of people have come and gone. And I've just, I remember bringing stuff to, to Jason. Being like, hey, why don't we do the men's group? Or, hey, why don't we do this? And he'd be like, that's a great idea. Why don't you go ahead with that? And I was originally kind of offended at that because I like to be spoon-fed. But uh, then later on, I was like, you know what? Frick, man, nobody's doing this. So, um... It put something in my heart. Now, here's the deal. At the time in the seven-year period, I kind of was struggling with lust. Uh, it was just one of these things where I would just get comfortable. Now, here's the vision that I had. And I think and for men or for anybody here that maybe can see this, it's like I had this vision. We're in a battle, and I was just lying on the ground. I had my, my full uniform on, my, all my armor and I'm just lying there on the ground, and I have arrows in me and in my head. And one of the things that struck me is I was comfortable. 
And it was comfortable to just lay there, okay? Because I wasn't being challenged. I could just watch Netflix. And there's no problem with Netflix, but I'm talking about just numb out all the time. Now, here the thing is, is I grew up Anglican. And so at the time, I didn't understand 1 John 1, 9. I was like, do I have the full armor on? Oh, it's off. Is it on? It's off. The point is, I had my armor on. Thank God it was there. We all have our armor on when you come to Jesus. But I was just basically comfortable. Okay, when I ended up addressing the lust issue and getting it out of my life, it was as if another vision came to me. It did come to me where I'm standing up and brothers help pull. You know, sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Pull the, the arrows out of my head, okay, out of my body. And then it's like, then we, we move forward together because we are in a battle. And let's move forward because, listen, let's take ground. Listen, there's not a time where Jesus is not taking ground. We, he's won the battle. It's just up to us to move forward, okay, in faith and by his grace, empowerment. And so that's what we've been doing, a group of brothers. Listen, COVID was really hard, hey? It was like, especially if you're an extrovert, man. I like hanging out with people, okay? I love to encourage people. I love to be encouraged. That was hard, okay? I was like, listen, I don't like who I'm becoming, not really having my brothers around. So then I started having people. This is sort of just when it became legal again to have people spaced out in your yard. And so we'd have a fire. But one of the things that we did, it was like, it was like an onion thing where it was like some guy would just share something from his heart and pull apart this onion, get from the hard service into the, into the soft. Now, listen, um, that's something that's continued. And so um, Caleb's been really great at encouraging me in all this. But in essence, it's a bit of a micro church, uh, but it's, it's part of Life Tree. And what it is is just me and a group of other guys just stepping up, just showing up. You know, Nike's like, just do it. It's like with Jesus, it's just like, just show up. That's all. Just come and show up. And so it's like, for me, that's kind of my heart. And so my challenge to you guys, and especially to men, is what, is, what has God been putting on your heart? What do you need to just show up for? Sometimes it's just like, it's like going to the gym. Just show up. All the workout gurus are like, listen, man, it's a win if you just show up. That's true. Sometimes it's coming here. Sometimes it's taking a step. Sometimes it's entertaining, writing down your goals in the faith. Sometimes it's just praying with brothers. What I'm going to invite all you men to is um, me and Caleb are going to do something October 30th, 9 a.m. Did I get that right? We're going to get together, and we're going to encourage one another. We're going to share a meal, and we're going to hopefully make it uh, every month. And we encourage you men, come on out. You don't have to share. You don't, if, if you don't want to share, don't share. But I'm just saying we're going to provide an opportunity for the onions to get pulled back so we can share. Listen, you know what's cool is... I used to think, because I played sports and went to a decent level in basketball, it's like, I always wanted to be the strongest. I always wanted to. But in the faith, it's like, it's an opposite thing. It's like, I'm not trying to be the weakest, but it seems like whoever is the weakest in the group that week gets blessed the most. It's like the strength of God. Right, Fabio? Um, and so you get to see sides of men that strengthens all of us. So... Guys, pay attention to the announcements, October uh, 30th, 9 a.m. Um, but that aside, if men or women, um, I just want to pray for over everybody here right now. It's like, Jesus, 
would you rise up the dreams again in the brothers and the sisters that they would dream dreams again? If the pilot light is on and it's only on, let it be fanned into flame again in this church, in this, with all these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, that's so good. I love this Sunday because you guys get to hear some amazing stories. Thank you, Josh. <clears throat> so uh, there's a lot of new faces here, so I'm just going to let you know. We have Andrew Banman here. He came all the way from Uganda um, to be with us, and we're just so blessed that you're here. And if you don't know, Andrew uh, runs a ministry called Children Arise. Um, they do amazing work. You've been in Uganda for eight years now which is amazing. Um, Andrew had an amazing job in banking here eight years ago. Um, they were just rocking it at life here, and he had felt the call of God on his life, um, that there needed to be something done. And to make a, you know an amazing story a bit short, uh, they basically sold everything they had and moved to Uganda uh, to follow the call of God on their life. They have two beautiful children um, Joshua and Grace that they have adopted in Uganda, and they're helping out so many families, and we just get to watch and support, and um, it's, we're just privileged that we get to kind of watch you guys, and Andrew, you can come on up, um, and you guys can just welcome Andrew for me. Please say hello. He's going to share his heart with us this morning, and we're just so excited to hear from him. Um, I know. Thank you. Wow. Um, I was saying to Kelly earlier on, it's been pretty much two years since, since we had church. And so to, to, to worship, um, wow. And, uh, Josh, I just want to say, man, there's like some kind of invisible force field around Jesus. And when, when I get near, I just start to melt, which, which turns into tears. So don't feel bad, buddy. The big guys can cry. Um, I, I just want to thank you so much. My name is Andrew Bamman. I'm from Uganda. And uh, we, have, we have essentially a couple of things we're doing over there. We have, we have this huge target called education. Um, education in Uganda is abysmal. And, and we're hoping to transform the sphere of education and in so doing lay a, a, for, a cornerstone for transferring others or transforming in other spheres. We also do some work with children. Um, you know, you can't just focus on the far side. You've got to also deal with the people that are right in front of you. So we have something else called community. And you guys have been a big part of that. I just want to thank you, please. Uh, allow me to just thank you for being engaged financially. LifeTree is our biggest supporter. And uh, you guys are engaged through prayer, through encouragement. Thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate you. So I want to uh, I want to share something. I'm not much of a preacher. I've tried. It's not that good, but um, but I can share. And I got something on my heart that I want to share with you guys that God's been brewing. And uh, for some reason, He's been brewing it at bedtime. I go to bed and I'm I'm thinking about this this favor message I have. I want to talk to you about favor. And I went to the dictionary and I I asked the dictionary what is favor, like just to find that for me. And it's uh, it came up with an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. And I thought, wow, that, that's, a, that's an amazing thing, an act of 
uh, kindness beyond what is due or usual. And so I just want to share with you guys my experience with favor. And it began many years ago when I was at work. And uh, I, was, I was actually uh, working in Vancouver. I, I was living here but, but staying in a hotel in, in Vancouver most of the time. And I was, uh, I was building a banking system. I was a security architect and just experienced my employers pouring favor on me. Do you, do you know what favor, favor manifests itself as? It manifests itself as influence. Um, it, it can be many things, but for, for me, I've seen a lot of influence. When you have favor, you can speak into situations and people uh, believe it. They trust what you're saying. So I had a lot of influence in this situation, and it was amazing, and God just kind of downloaded to me, I'm pouring favor on you. And so at that time, for about 18 months, I just experienced a great amount of favor. Recently, though, and this is kind of the meat of what I want to share about uh, my experience with favor, Terry and I, you know, we've been living in Uganda for eight years, and Uganda can be hard. We often get to the end of a day, and we flump down in the couch together, and we look at each other, and we go, life is just hard here, you know? And here, here in, in Canada, in the first world, you can get up in the morning, you're going to make a list. I'm going to go down to Broadmead, and I'm going to pay this bill, and I'm going to go downtown, I'm going to park in the View Street Park, and I'm going to do three things down there that I'm going to get to the car, and I'm going to go to Langford, and you just you plot a route. And you can get that done. Somehow you get home, and all those things are checked off. In Uganda, you target one thing. If I can do one thing and actually get it done today, I'm winning. And somehow recently, we've just felt the favor of God. And it's nothing, you know, we haven't been talking to the leaders of the world or anything. But I went out one day, and I, I thought, we, we need to get vaccines. And I, I know there's lots of thoughts about vaccines, but we needed vaccines to, to, to be able to come home. And we went to get a vaccine, which is inconceivable. You guys, uh, by the way, Canada has more vaccines than any country in the world. So you guys get to go to any one of ten places and take the menu and go, I'd like the blue one with the, the double pump vanilla, please, you know. But, uh, but for us in Africa, in Africa, 1.5 to 2% of the people are, are vaccinated, right? And, and it's not because they don't want it. They're flocking to it. But there is none, right? There's just none there. We're desperately trying to get it. But Terry and I went, we need vaccines. Not to mention, I'm kind of co comorbidity station here, right? I'm an overweight, I got a little bit of a heart issue, and, and I didn't want to get sick with this disease because uh, it just could have bad consequences. So I started to go, like, where can we get a vaccine? Is that even possible? And I phoned some places. And you can't just phone places. Back to it's hard in, in, in Africa. You can't just phone the Ministry of Health, and they'll say, well, go here this time, you know, blah, blah, blah. You have to kind of almost drive clinic to clinic and, and, and figure out who can do this, and will they? And, and, you know, if I get in the line with the 100, 200 of people, will I get there? And somehow, and I think this kind of kicked it off, somehow God led us to a clinic. We stood with 100 or 200 other African people, and uh, they just pushed us through. They just literally, there was just favor there, and God God walked over and uh, literally put, I don't know, you, you know, there's people with, they're the hands of God, and they walked over, handed us the right forms, led us over here, got our, we got our vaccines, and we went home. And we got to home, home at the end of the day, and you know what we said? We flumped down and we said, it's just hard here. Hard doesn't change, guys. 
You know, we, 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 we can't look at hard and say we're not getting favor. We're not win, winning. It's, it's hard everywhere. It's hard every day. There are hard things in life. But what we, what we saw in our heads, the, the picture God gave me for this is like a chest of gold. And it's sitting with him. And there you go, Josh. Um, every time we got home, it was like he had opened that box and let us reach in and grab a piece of gold. And that day we got gold. And the next day, we got information that Josh, I don't know how many you know, but we're, we're, we've adopted two kids. And we're in the process of becoming, helping them become Canadian citizens. We'd been waiting a year for the Canadian government to agree that I was a Canadian citizen with the right to invite these two little children to be Canadian citizens. So we get this notice, phase one is done. And it's just like, oh yeah, gold, you know? And, and so we launched with phase two. And just ba-boom, 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 each day we're seeing something. Is it hard? Yeah. Do we have to work? Yep. Is it a dusty Ugandan road? Yep. But at the end of the day, I got gold in my hand because I had faith and he gave me favor. And uh, so I've just been experiencing this pot of gold. And, you know, I just literally, it's a, it's a chest. I, I have a vision of it. And he opens it up and there's gold pieces in there, just like something you'd see in a pirate movie. And uh, so here's what I'm learning about favor. Our experience of favor here on earth the, uh, the, uh, the emotional high of when things happen and the emotional low when things don't happen are not God's experience of favor. What we're experiencing in our emotions is, is the ups and downs of life. But God gives us favor every single day. And, and, and that's amazing. When we start to recognize that it's not about our emotions, emotions betray us. They lead us in the wrong direction. They make us feel elated or in the dumps, but they're not a true indicator of what God is thinking about us and what God is offering us in our lives. So I wanna, I wanna talk about favor through, I can't see, can we get a picture of one of those kids up? This is Hawa. Somebody just said it. How are you guys are awesome. You guys are on this journey with us. That's what I love about it. I really got to tell you, we're on an adventure, and we just feel like you guys are tracking with us every bit of the way. So all you Compassion Hive guys out there, thanks for, for being there with us. This is Howa. Howa is amazing. Um, Howa's story goes, I'll do it really quick like this. She has a two-year-old sister called Angel. Angel was found by our team crying and screaming and running through the streets of Kosovo, which is a slum next to our house. And she was trying to raise awareness to the fact that her sister, Hawa, something bad was wrong. And at two years old, Angel was seized of the fact that her sister was in trouble. Um, they had been abandoned by their parents. The dad, you know, I find out later, the dad had gone a long time ago and mom had just left them on the streets. And Angel, uh, Hawa is sick. She's got uh, sickle cell anemia, which means if she gets cold, if she gets run down, if she gets unhealthy, she ends up in a lot of pain. And uh, she's got it pretty bad. You can see the kind of the extended head that she has is, is a result of 
Uh, bones will grow a little differently for sickle cell people because they're producing a lot of red blood cells to replace the sickled blood cells that don't work so well. So all of that to say Hawa's in a lot of trouble. She's been abandoned. We picked up Hawa and Angel, and uh, we, we did what we always do. We traced mom, and we got mom back. And it turned out that mom was not willing to work for her family. She had a, a, pardon me, she had a desire to be a good mom. She was not able to execute on being a good mom. And uh, very shortly after um, our COVID lockdown, the heavy COVID lockdown finished, she abandoned Howa again. Now, Angel and Howa are from two different fathers. And Howa, Howa's Muslim father was uh, not interested in her and, and Angel's father was not willing to, to take Hawa. So basically, this, you know, Angel's father said, you know, Madame, you can come home, you can bring Angel, but get rid of Hawa. Just dump her, let's go. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't understand how somebody can think like that, but that was, the, that was where she was at. So at some point, um, Hawa's mother, Margaret, it just got too much for her. And she abandoned Hawa again on the streets of Kosovo. And so we were, we were actually watching for this, and we knew within hours that it happened. And we grabbed how we got her into uh, some some support, or we got her some support locally from a from a group of uh, from a family nearby. And we worked with her uh, and the authorities to find an uncle. So you know, it's a good it's a it's a good ending. She ends up with her uncle. Unfortunately, they're a Muslim family, and I felt really heartbroken to release her to a Muslim family. But in fact, that was the legally correct thing to do and the only thing we could do. So how does this relate to favor? We're gonna talk through one other family here in a minute. But you know, the, the, the interesting thing is God's favor, like I was saying a minute ago, is not just when it looks good. Uh, God is full of favor. And, and can we just replace Howell with those, with those verses quickly? I just want to point out a couple of things. I mean, you go to your Bible and you look for favor. It's everywhere. You know, it's not just Mary is highly favored. Um, it's, it's, it's everywhere. And don't just look for the word favor. Just look for anything good God is doing. And he's favoring us. So, you know, I just pulled these out. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Before you, before your feet hit the ground here in earth, God built you, and you are fearfully and wonderfully made. He didn't just, oh yeah, there's Andrew, out he goes, you know. He, he stood there and crafted Andrew, right? And, and you guys, every one of us, the creator of the universe, thought carefully about you and created you fearfully and wonderfully made. That's favor. Because what's our definition of favor? Uh, an act of kindness beyond what is due or usual. He could have made us ants, but, <laughs> you, you know, we're, we're amazing. He loved us before we even loved him. That is, in my opinion, the definition of favor uh, for, for me. You know, when, why would he love us? But he just favored us. We're, we are highly favored. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. He will strengthen your frame. 
you will be a lake, a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Come on. This is favor. This is unbelievable favor. Um, sorry, let me go back to my notes here. So I just, uh, I just look at, at how and I think, okay, so where's the favor here? I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but, but I am seeing it. So here's the thing, and I, would just, I just want to thank Fabio for putting words to this this week. We can look at this stuff as a glass half full or a glass half empty, right? Howell was, was abandoned twice. She's had a tough go. She's been in hospital. She's, you know, everything is horrible. But you know what? Eight years ago, God saw Howa. And he said, I'm going to strategically place somebody next to this community who has the resources and the team and the capacity to, to pick up Howa and make sure Howa is cared for. And so everything she's going through, did, did he say, I'm going to inflict Hawa? No, he didn't. He's not done that. Life here on earth does that. Our fallen earth can be a terrible place. But God favored Hawa. He made her, and he had a plan for her life. And even though I've just released her into a Muslim family, I have to believe he loves Hawa more than I can even imagine. And he's got a great plan for her. And he, she is going to experience his favor. Whether the emotions feel like it, whether the body feels like it, it's there. It's permanent. So here's the, here's the cool thing. God never changes. Yesterday, today, forever. He's good. He's, he is love. He provides favor. If he favored me before... I was born, and he's sending me to heaven, favor, and, and all the way through, I can see favor at times. He's not changing. Everything's engineered, and we can feel confident that favor is there for us. So I, I think my message this morning, I, I, I have another family, and uh, how much time have I got, guys? Okay, I'm going to go through this other family in just a second, but you know, let me just cut to the chase here. I've just forgotten. What's, my, what's the chase? That's age. So the tears are normal. Age brings forgetfulness. I just, I just want to say, I mean, the, the chase is don't let your emotions ru ruin this, right? Don't let your, or rule it, pardon me, not ruin it. You, we can't be ruled by our emotions. God is good. He loves us. He, he pours favor on us every day. That gold is accessible. There's sometimes a struggle to get that gold. But it's there. It's available. And he wants us to have it. He's engineered us to go take that gold. So stay on, the, stay on the course. So let's bring up that other family. These little kids, this is divine. The older one is 10. And uh, the little one in the middle is Nisi. And the, and the one on this end, her name is Shalom. And they were recently abandoned in our communities. So we, we work with a lot of abandoned kids. And the COVID situation has generated a bunch that we weren't ready for. But uh, these three kids, their dad took off a long time ago. So the, the story that Jessica, the mother, tells us when we finally trace her and get her back to her kids 
is that she was married. She had three kids. The third kid, the father said, that's not my child. And then he turned up at Jessica's home with, a, with another lady. He, she just decided, okay, I've had enough of you. That kid's not mine. These ones, okay, they're mine. But, uh, but I'm going to get another wife. And uh, so Jessica eventually, you know, just leaves because she can't compete with this. This is a, a definitely a male-dominated world. And um, she takes the kids with her. And uh, dad is now out of the picture. A number of months go by, and she's struggling to make ends meet. You know, I, I think I did this in, in the podcast we did this week, but I just want to say it's really easy to demonize the mom. You left your kids? You, you what? You know, how is it even conceivably possible? But here's the thing. Let me just cut that one down so be, before it makes a home in our heart. These, these women have experienced poverty and abandonment and trauma at a level that we just don't even understand. Um, and, and they get to the point where, believe it or not, they got like the Sophie's Choice thing going on, right? They've got, they have to choose between leaving their kids or starving with them, right? If they stay, no one will help because mom should be dealing with this. Why are you not, why are you not helping your kids? If she leaves, someone will take mercy on the kids, and she hopes she can go somewhere and, and somehow exist. So, you know, I just, I've never known that level of poverty in, in my life. And so I've stopped judging them. I don't judge them. I hear their story. There's times when it wells up inside of me like, what? But we, we just can't judge that. So this little girl, Denise, this, this whole thing, in every family, one kid sticks out at me, and 99.9% .9 of the time, it's the oldest one because they shoulder all the burden of this family, right? They were abandoned only for about two months. We've had families abandoned for like 13 months, and the oldest kid had to become the breadwinner, the mom, for that time. But what, what gets me about Denise here, which is the one, or pardon me, Divine, uh, the one at the far side, she's 10. Now, down the, down the road, just a tiny piece from, from this family, this little disaster, is a young boy, 16, 17 years old, and he was actually being nice to them. You know, periodically, we were just going, how are you eating? And they said, well, this little guy down here, he'll occasionally bring us a chapati, which is like some bread or something like that. And uh, otherwise, all of the neighbors had moved out because in the season we're in over there, this area floods, and so it's quite wet. And um, this was really worrisome for us because typically these helpful lads end up becoming a threat. Um, they start out helping the family, and they end up with expectations beyond helping the family. And we won't go any further into that. I think you can get that. Um, so we had to... We had to deal with these guys pretty quickly. We had to send away, we traced mom, we got her back, and we were starting, you know, so again, it's a pretty traumatic story. These guys, of all the families we've seen so far, they were really traumatic, they were really traumatized, they were in tears. How are we gonna get by, how are we gonna eat? And I think it's because they'd only been abandoned for two months. So what I learned on this particular journey is the ones who've been here for 13 months in this situation, they've equalized. They've figured out, we don't think mom's coming home. We got to get some way of surviving. 
and they're on that journey. These guys, it was fresh. And they were in tears. They were beside themselves, like, what? Where has mom gone? And how do we survive? And this is sitting on the shoulders of a 10-year-old. My little Joshua is nine. No, my little Joshua isn't. I think he's now 10. Why can't dads get that whole thing? I think, I think he's 10. So I just, I just can't imagine him carrying loads like that. It's ridiculous. So where is the favor in this situation? Well, it's the same as Hawa, guys. Uh, we had people walking through. We, our people in the, in the community, our team is known. They know these guys will help. That's exactly the situation where these guys will help. Somebody went and grabbed one of our guys, took them to these people and said, these kids have trouble. Can you help? God had our team walking through and, and, and literally brought right to the doorstep these kids. Were these kids abandoned? Actually, no. Not by God. God was right there with them, making a way. Is that favor? You betcha. You betcha that's favor. So, God loves us and favors us every day. And this should not be in question. The Bible tells us we have truly, it doesn't take much of a look at biology to realize we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He truly did amazing work before we were even here. Do we see favor in our lives? Yeah, periodically. Right now I'm seeing gold on a regular basis. And it's literally, we've got like a calendar going, like, oh, yep, gold today. Um, and, and it's fun to just watch God go, you know? So can we experience favor right now? Yeah, we can. Is there some tough times? You bet. We got to learn to control those emotions. God has not abandoned us. He's for us. He's with us. He loves us. And we're going to heaven. That's the ultimate favor. The ultimate favor is this isn't even his best work. This flesh, our spirits will go and live with, our souls will live on with God. He wants to commune with us forever. Woo! You got to love that. So I just want us to, to just grasp that life deals us some hard days. But this is, this, is not, this is not a horrible thing. Sometimes I think we need those hard days to A, understand the good ones, and, and B, to prepare us in some way. So God is blessing us even in the struggles. That's it, guys. That's, that's what I have for you today, and I hope that's useful to you. Um, I hope that you guys are experiencing favor in your life, and I hope that where you're seeing struggles, that you can now just remind yourself, you know, there's nothing I'm telling you today that's new, I'm sure, but you'll be able to now just remind yourself, hold it. No, this could actually be the prelude for something else, or maybe the favor's there, and I just can't see it today. But, uh, yeah. Thanks, Kelly. I just have a couple scriptures for us, <clears throat> and we're just going to go into a time of prayer um, just to close us out this morning, but here's what's been on my heart, and I want you, as you hear this, to number one, hear it for yourself, but to see how God is moving 
in like the stories that Andrew was telling us about, in the stories of men in our community, like what Josh was talking about. And you, might, you guys might already know all this, but I want you to hear it with your spirit this morning. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Now I have a scripture from John 15, and this was what I heard as Andrew was telling the story of, you know, eight years ago, God moved on his heart because he knew he was going to help Hawa. He was working even when we couldn't see it. God moved in the heart of Josh to say, I'm not going to stay on this couch, but I'm going to pursue Jesus And as God has brought freedom in his life, so many other men have been blessed. And so this is what I felt Jesus had for us. And it's John 15, verse 16. You did not choose me. And as I hear Jesus saying this, I hear him speaking over Hawaii and over those kids. I hear him speaking that over Josh and the men that gather together. I hear it speaking it over every person in this place that perhaps hasn't experienced. Maybe you're like, I don't even know what favor is about. I don't even know what, what experiencing unconditional love is. Jesus says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I have commanded you so that you will love one another. So this morning, the call for some of you might be to step into the unconditional love of Jesus. Maybe you hear these stories and you're like, I don't even know how to begin to share about the favor of God with some other person. Or I don't even know what God is calling me to. I just, I just need to look, have an encounter with Jesus so that I can experience his love and favor. So maybe that's you this morning. Maybe the call for you is to step into just true relationship with Jesus. Maybe like Josh said, the pilot light's been on and it's kind of little, it's there. But you need the breath of the Holy Spirit to come and ignite something in your heart. A new commandment I give you, says Jesus, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. So maybe the call for some of you is that you've surrendered to God. That you're like, I'm here. I'm all in. But it's been a weird season. And now you're asking yourself, well, what's next? Like, what does it look like for me to walk in the favor of God? What does it look like for me to bear much fruit? Maybe it looks like Andrew's story. 
Maybe it looks like Josh's story. Maybe it's something completely different that God has for you. And the last scripture I have for us is out of John 16, and it's the promise that he gave us that the Holy Spirit will come. And I'll just read that. And and would you stand with me if you can, if if you're in that place? I want us to just hear this. And if you want to hear the voice of the Lord this morning, just posture yourself whatever way you may be. Maybe it is sitting. Maybe it is standing up. Maybe you can put your hands out. Whatever it is that you're, what you're comfortable with, that you would connect with Jesus. But our desire this morning would be that if you, you know, you may be in the first camp where you're like, I don't even know what it's like to walk in the favor of God. I don't know what it's like to feel his unconditional love. And you need to experience that this morning. We want to pray for you. Or maybe you're in the second camp and you're feeling like, I feel like I'm all surrendered. Like, I'm here, Jesus what do you have for me what's next we want to pray for you this morning maybe you don't even know what to pray for but i felt like jesus wanted to speak to us this morning and the promise from him in john 16 is this when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth so if you're feeling like I don't know what's next in my life. I don't know how to connect with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here and he can guide you into all truth. It says, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare the things that are to come. He will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So Jesus, I'm just gonna pray for us. And if that's you, if you're in one of those kind of camps that I called out this morning, Sometimes you need to do a prophetic act. Sometimes you need to come and get out of that grace couch like Josh was mentioning. Sometimes you need to just show up. And so if that's you and you need to kind of do something physical with your body to signify saying, Jesus, I want to experience your love. I want to experience, you know, the unconditional favor. You can come up and get some prayer. Everybody that's up here, um, you know, if you're comfortable with that, is, is safe for you to come and pray with. Or maybe you're in that second camp where you're like, I just need to hear the voice of the Lord to know where I need to show up and be. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to just welcome you to come. Father, we thank you that your spirit says that you will guide us into all truth, and your word is truth. Father, and I speak to every heart in this place right now that needs to experience the love of Jesus, the unconditional favor and grace. I ask, Lord Jesus, for an encounter with you this morning, that they would know that you died. It says the Bible says that Christ died for us even while we were in our sin. Christ died for us. So, Father, I ask for every person that needs to experience your love this morning that they would come to you. And, Jesus, we ask that you would open our ears to hear your voice. Maybe you're calling some this morning. Maybe they're supposed to, you know, gather a group of friends and pray. 
Maybe they're supposed to feed some people. Maybe they're supposed to partner with Andrew. Maybe they're supposed to show up to Josh's men's breakfast. Whatever it is you're calling them to, Christ Jesus, I ask that you would speak this morning. And if you need healing in your body, I just want to welcome you to come so that we can pray for you. We believe that God still heals today. So I just want to kind of put that out there. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you're speaking to us. And we thank you that your plans are good. Thank you for listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. At Life Tree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about Life Tree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.